The Aldis Podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our ServiceNow series, where we interview the best and brightest of the industry to share their story, advice, and views on the exciting world of ServiceNow and digital transformation. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Orders Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sparks, and today we continue with our digital transformation series with a focus on ServiceNow. Today, we are very lucky to host Nicole Tate-Papas, who is currently Senior Director of Enterprise Management at Palo Alto Network. She joined the company almost five years ago and immediately realized she was given the opportunity to do some amazing work. In those five years, she's made a great difference to the way their employee experience works, enabling through technology. She's literally been doing some of the best work of her career. We can't wait to hear a lot more about it. In her previous role as senior manager of ServiceNow, Nicole designed process improvements, systems designs, uh, and leading platform implementation that includes insourcing infrastructure services and service desk. Prior to joining Stanford, she led process design workshops and digital transformation initiatives at multi-billion dollar organizations throughout the country. So I am, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited about this one. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, me too. Me too. So Palo Alto Networks, um, presuming most people know them, but for those that, you know, may not give us a brief overview of the company. Yeah, we are a global cybersecurity leader. We continually deliver innovation to enable secure digital transformation, even as the pace of change is accelerating. We offer an enterprise cybersecurity platform. Our vision is a world where each day is safer and more secure than the day before. We currently have over 80,000 customers in over 150 countries. Amazing. And your role, Senior Director Enterprise Management, let's look behind the curtain of what that actually means. Yeah, my role has definitely changed significantly. I'm currently responsible for lead product managers and some full stack engineers that are focused on building our internal applications for employees that act as a differentiator for Palo Alto Networks to allow us to attract some of the best talent. Additionally, I'm responsible for our workflow automation tools uh, that allow our employees to get instant service without having you know, to, to hire a bunch of people to fulfill that, more looking to automate and allow people to get the services that they need on demand. I'm currently responsible for ServiceNow. We have over 14 different business applications that are supporting 50 unique stakeholders. And we have roughly 800 daily licensed users leveraging the platform. So let's take a step back. As you mentioned, you've been at um, Palo Alto Networks for about five years. Obviously, there was uh, a time before that. How were you first introduced to ServiceNow? Everyone I speak to has a, has a different story. So yeah, what's yours? I think that's always my favorite when I listen to the podcasts about how oh, we to ServiceNow. <laughs> um, for me, back in 2008, I was working for Metro PCS and... Our CIO tasked us with establishing an enterprise service desk, and we were specifically given instructions that we would not get a new tool. Did not care. Use what we have. This is it. And as we were going through and we were defining out the processes and understanding what the staffing models would look like, it really became clear to myself and the project team that we couldn't achieve our goals and we wouldn't be successful with the existing tool we were using. Uh, the existing tool we were using would have to increase our headcount significantly to do a bunch of the configuration changes or development changes that were required. We were like 900 releases behind. It was just a, a mess. 
So we put together a really strong business case and we were able to get you know, buy-in from our CIO and our CEO to move forward to, to move forward to bring ServiceNow on. So it sounds like there was some really good internal stakeholder management you needed to go through there. Absolutely. So that started with the IT steering committee. We okay. came in and, and put together a whole outline of this is what we want to do. This is where we see us growing. We knew the company had already been very cloud first approach and the existing tool we were using didn't have cloud. So it was quite the easy sell at that level, but then that allowed us to have those executive leaders be our champions through that change. Amazing. Um, looking at your career, if you were to pick out two career moves uh, that really still stand out to you to this day, what would they be and, and why were they so pivotal? Such an interesting question. I think the first one for me would be my time as the executive assistant to the CIO. I learned firsthand from that CIO who was very cutting edge um, at that time. He was touting cloud first, customer experience, employee experience as themes, and they weren't even like mainstream at that time. And I learned so much about the approach there and like how having these different themes and aligning yourself there made a difference, made IT very valuable to the business. I also managed all of our IT budgets. I reviewed contracts. And I got to see how to execute against all of these different strategies. That to me was very pivotal because I'm still using what I learned in that role and applying it to now. The second role I would say is when I took a leap of faith and came on to Palatine Networks as our business systems manager, the company is hyper growth. It had a high risk appetite for rolling out changes and making changes. Very different than other environments that I had been in where we would approach things very cautiously. You'd have to spend a lot of cycles doing a lot of thinking and planning. And a lot of times what we would find in, in those companies is by the time we were getting ready to start development, something new and better had already come out. And in, in this role, in the, the business systems manager role at Palatine Networks, when I started, the appetite was, hey, MVP, and we should try to roll this out so we can learn from it and experience it. I also really enjoyed that our CIO was very employee experience focused. So we prioritize our employee experience above everything else. They make investments in employee experience, and we're constantly challenged on how can we do what's best for the employee, not necessarily what our tools need to do or the processes that have to align because our tools mandate these things, but what's best for the employees. And then we kind of figure things out on the back end. And that was a very unique approach that I hadn't had a lot of exposure to. Well, I love that you're still using using some of those learns today. I'd like to zoom out a little bit. Employee experience, human resources, all of the, 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 the complications that come along with that these days. What are some of the, the macro trends you're seeing that are driving digital transformation? And I'm not even just thinking service now here. I'm just talking more at a macro level. Yeah, I think it's super interesting time. I think it's incredibly exciting to be part of making history. If you think about everything that's happened in the last few years and how much the, the digital workplace has changed um, almost overnight even. We're really starting to see the big trend of work from anywhere, anytime. So we're moving away from this traditional eight to five, really thinking about do the employees have the right tools at the right time to ensure that there's collaboration and supporting this always on workforce without growing operational headcount. I think these are the kind of challenges and the trends that I'm, I'm seeing today. And it's super interesting because we're now talking about 
managing to outcomes as opposed to managing when people work or being the check-in person. Okay, so arrive today at 8.05. Take, getting away from those types of conversations and we're having more meaningful conversations about what are we going to accomplish this quarter and what are we going to deliver and how did you do it and how was that execution? To me, as a leader, I love this type of work life that is now evolving before our eyes. And I'm super excited to be part of that as it makes its evolution in the coming years. No, and you were at the forefront of that, obviously. And it's interesting, maybe we need to edit this bit out, but it is interesting that kind of 805 example of someone being a quote unquote good or productive employee, that 805 thing that feels so old fashioned that suddenly shifted, didn't it, overnight, I think. It certainly did. During the pandemic, I think people were challenged. Childcare was limited. People had parents at home. There was just restrictions that had us being more flexible and and doing work. I think we've always been doing that work. I think people did eight to five in the office. They would commute home and probably log on and finish out their day. But people didn't really talk about that. And then when the pandemic came, it was like this flexibility just had to be there out of necessity and a realization that eight to five doesn't, why were we doing that? That doesn't necessarily work. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. And so ServiceNow specifically, what what's it, what's, what are you finding most exciting on the platform at the moment? I think the thing that always excites me about ServiceNow and and the continual investment on their part is this scalable, configurable platform that meets the needs of the business. ServiceNow has continually challenged their journey since I've been working with the platform that it's not just an IT ticketing tool, that they're doing some really cool, innovative things. And it's nice as a person who owns the technology for our company that when a stakeholder comes to me. I have a high level of confidence that ServiceNow will be able to meet those requirements. And some of the other tools that I support, I'm I'm not always that confident when I go into those conversations and I tend to have to do a lot of investigative work. But with the ServiceNow side, the way that they've implemented that technology and they're rolling out of the box business um, apps, it really allows you to have that confidence to know, hey, I'm going to meet this requirement. I'm going to knock it out of the park and I'm probably going to move at light speed. Are there any examples you can share about how ServiceNow has really benefited your business and maybe some project case studies? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most recent one that that comes to my mind is our legal service delivery project. This was an application that we had already started to build custom for some of the different COEs within legal. And then ServiceNow introduced their legal service delivery application. And it was one of the most amazing applications that I've seen to date that ServiceNow has released. It had, they have put a lot of thought into that application, a ton of out of the box features, including having the services defined. So it was clear to me that their product management team had gone to tons of different legal groups and said, what are your services? What do you do for your organization? And What's brilliant about that is then as a business owner and we go to do an implementation, we can move rapidly because you don't have stakeholders having to draft requirements from scratch. They were able to see, okay, this is what the services are that ServiceNow has defined for legal service delivery. Do these align with ours? What tweaks do we want to make as opposed to trying to build from the ground up? That one really excited me. We moved 
at a very rapid clip to be able to deliver that. And even over the holiday, because we were migrating off of a, a prior tool that our contract was expiring. The other thing that excites me about the platform is when you're in a mature implementation like Palo Networks is right now, and we have all of these different business applications and business teams using ServiceNow, we have the ability to automate enterprise processes. So we have the ability to say, oh, wait, do you work with such and such team? Oh, do you know that they use ServiceNow too? How about we put a workflow together and now you don't have to worry about sending that other team an email or reaching out for a manual approval. We can just automate that in the end. That always excites me because I think that's really fun. It's like when you're doing a bunch of Legos and you finally get a cool bridge put together and <laughs> you're starting to do all the different stacking. That to me is the excitement of ServiceNow when you finally get to that. Uh, again, we touched on executive stakeholder management below. If you were to coach uh, a CIO or CPO around bringing in digital transformation, what, what would be some of the key areas you'd ask them to focus on for successful uh, implementation to happen? That's a tough one. I think every organization is very different in terms of their digital you know, transformational journey. I think the key is, and I know this is very something that a lot of people say, don't boil the ocean or, and it's, but it's so true. I, even early on in my career, when I first started working with ServiceNow, I wanted to do all the things. I wanted to implement all the business apps, all, you know, all in one quarter. It was like, everybody came to me, the demand was so high and I didn't want to turn anybody down. The problem with that is that when you have all of your burners on high and all the pots start overflowing, it's very hard to manage that. And you're in a very high level of chaos and that doesn't necessarily reflect a good quality experience inside ServiceNow. And so I think you have when you're thinking about your digital transformation, you really need to think about what does this look like for us at three years? And then how do we get there in each of those years and quarter by quarter and have a focused set of things that you do each quarter to get you towards that goal as opposed to we need to go do all these things and we need to do them right now because then you're just going to spin your wheels across too many different teams and it must be quite hard to do that because i, I suppose when you, you either when you bring the platform in or if you've got a mature instance it must be quite easy to get excited about what it can do and you think you can jump in completely so yeah i can imagine that's something quite challenging to navigate um one of the things we're, we're hearing from companies at the moment is that they are rapidly scaling uh, and also trying to retain ServiceNow teams as organizations are becoming more and more less reliant on, let's say, maybe external partners. What's your advice for, for building and maintaining a winning team? I think the, the thing that has done has worked so well for us is making sure that your ServiceNow team has a seat at the table that they're not just fulfilling orders or requests from the business. It's important that they're part of the process definition discussions, that they're able to influence and drive efficient processes that work well and are designed to partner well with ServiceNow. The key thing with, if you go to that kind of order fulfillment model where you're just intaking requirements and, and processing them inside ServiceNow, you can generally create a bad experience for your end users in service now, you can over-engineer a process or make things super complicated. And the thing is that when you have unhappy employees that are using this technology, they're not blaming the process. They're going to blame the tool. And, and that's going to be hard for your team because they're going to be like, we did all this great work, but yet the business isn't happy. And so I think it's really important when you're, you're talking about building a winning team and keeping a winning team is allowing them to have an important voice at the, the quote unquote business table. 
And what was next? What's next to the platform? I think as things become faster and more digital and we're in this kind of next phase of evolution of work from anywhere, I think that it will be interesting to see how ServiceNow transforms into more of a predictive and knowing when somebody needs something before they actually even need it. The, the thing that always impresses me when I use Amazon and I run a movie, if I have an experience where the movie interrupts or there's something that happens, the credit for the rentals automatically on my credit card statement. I didn't even have to reach out to Amazon to say, hey, the movie crapped out on me and I didn't get to finish it. They already know. And I'd like to see employee experience get to that part because I think that's the expectation that employees are going to have because they're used to using these services, Amazon, Spotify, these are part of their day-to-day in their personal lives. And they're likely going to expect that from their enterprise tools. And I think ServiceNow is in a unique position to be able to offer um, some really cool things in this kind of predictive space. It's very exciting. And I love that example, by the way. So look, Nicole, you, you you had a fantastic journey so far and it's obviously going to continue. But if you could go back and, and have a little conversation with yourself, offer yourself some coaching, what would some of your advice be you'd give to a younger Nicole? Such a great question. And reflecting back on this journey, I think to my younger self would be just to continue to have confidence to challenge the processes. There were so many times that I just listen to an executive and and went and did as opposed to challenging the why or how or trying to be part of the solution. And that didn't necessarily bode well for great results. It bode well for a lot of the great lessons learned, certainly. But I think that's one of the key things is even as I was younger, I, I wish I would have had just more confidence to ask all the questions because even an acronym, I would sit in a meeting and and not necessarily speak up and say, I'm sorry, what is that acronym? And one time I got the courage to ask. And one of the other executives at the table was like, yeah, I've been wondering the same thing. And that gave me a little more confidence. (laughs) Maybe not everybody at the table understands all the acronyms. I think lastly, I think continuing to work towards a North Star experience for employees. Even if the technology can't do it today, it doesn't mean it won't be there soon. When I first started using ServiceNow, it didn't have a chat bot. It didn't have AI. It didn't have any machine learning. But those were things that we were thinking about at the time. And I think it's good to continue to have that in your mind of where things need to go instead of just focusing in on what it has today or what's being rolled out next year. What does it need to do for your organization in the future and and march towards that as much as you can? Fantastic. Nicole, thanks a lot. It's been been a a fantastic conversation. I've I've loved every minute of it and um, I'm sure our listeners will as well. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.